Hey pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. Today, we've got the final episode in our actual play of Sentinel Comics from Greater Than Games and Critical Hit Studios. Before we get to the action-packed finale of our story, I do want to let you know that we've got a mailing list at teamupmoves.com. Put in your email address. We'll send you something about once a month to let you know what we're up to with our episodes, fill you in on some setting details of New Arcadia. Otherwise, just be pals. That's at teamupmoves.com, and the link is in the show notes. But now, we're going to get back to our story. Stephanie is playing armored super scientist Monomer. C.C. Mancuso is Horatio Timekeeper Holm, and Ian Gregory is Weird Sister Ursula from Macbeth. The three of them have a note from their future selves that say they need to meet at Monomer's office at midnight in two days. So we're going to go and hear how they prepare for that event and then what goes down when they get there. Bear in mind that Horatio caught the attention of some people from his past as part of a major twist in our first episode. So be on the lookout for some complications there. With that, let's go to the tape for our conclusion of Sentinel Comics. All right, we we ready to get back into this? I am if you are. So we're going to take a little time now after this is over and do a some montage scenes. So we have montage, and each of your characters will get to, you'll get to narrate a scene for them. And in that scene, you can either recover, which will bring you to the top level of the health zone above yours. Though I think, are, are any of you even in the yellow actually right now? Yeah, I am. Okay, so if you're in the yellow, it could bring you all the way up to the top of green because it's you get, a full one and like whatever extra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you could narrate a way that you're kind of going to be boosting yourself starting into the next action scene. But I think I want to start on this. I want to start with Timekeeper because you out of everyone have a have a clue, have a thing. What are what are you up to? And where are you? So Holm is back at kind of do we, do we have a central HQ for for dispatch is there is there a sort of a central location from which we launch No you're kind of all contractors Yeah um it's the gig economy mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's like coffee shops or places that that maybe you might be Yeah fair enough I think uh Holm is at a coffee shop in the area and has the note with him and is currently trying to look up any information that might help him to decode if there's something coterminous with this particular time and date. If there's a, a big concert happening, maybe some sort of political event, is, is there something notable that might be a hint as to kind of the, uh, the, the, the meaning behind this note? You, I think, first put in those GPS coordinates and they come up on your map search engine of choice pointing very specifically at a building that's sort of part of maybe some some labs that is labeled Legenistrain. Hmm. And the question is, <laughs> have you been paying enough attention to Monomer to know that that's the name of her company? 
Well, I think that's neither here nor there because I'm currently wearing sunglasses that have that name on them. And yeah. <laughs> I think he, I've probably taken them off and put them on the table because not even Holm is the kind of guy to wear sunglasses indoors. <laughs> um, I think he just kind of looks between the laptop and then the name that's like very gratuitously kind of like like spray painted on the side of this uh, this pair of glasses. And his eyebrows just go up. Okay. But as far as the time and date, it seems not doesn't seem kind of relevant it's it's midnight again on a day a, a couple days from now mm. okay mm. well th- here's the here's the structural question is it possible to bring mona in on this scene and have home call her up and say yeah so fun fact just an interesting needless fact that i discovered why is the name of your company <laughs> like associated with the place this note is pointing us to any any idea about maybe what, what might be taking place there in, oh, say, 48 hours? Ooh. Am I on the other end of this audio call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Okay. Holm has, has called you up on what is probably like an indestructible Nokia because as with a lot of his other possessions, it takes a lot of, well, it suffers a lot of grief in, in the course of his superheroing. Yeah. And some, some punishment. Okay. Yeah. So... Before I answer, I want to know whether I can use this scene to boost someone to this montage scenes to boost someone else or whether I can be part of the scene in a way that gives a boost to Timekeeper, because that's what Mona would like to do. Timekeeper, are you trying to heal at all? Is that also a thing that's happening? I probably should. Okay, so Mona, if you want to use your scene later to boost Timekeeper, you could do that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. But as far as this, you get this weird call from from Horatio. Okay, you're telling me that you got a note from your future self saying that something's going to happen at our office in two days. Is that the old office or the new office? New office. The new office. Okay, that place is a mess. I'll go over there and try to, you know, make it presentable and in case in case there's cameras rolling. What I hope it is, is that... My partner B is coming back then from the future or from someplace, and she's she's got what we need. If it's not B, then it's some of the people who want to wipe me out. It's Big Oil or somebody or some other time villain. And I will. I think we we should get ahead of it. Uh, why don't I meet you and Ursula there an hour before the time on your note, and we'll see who shows up. Seems as good a plan as any. I think Holm is definitely going to maybe try and make a joke that probably lands pretty off color as far as like you having more enemies than Holm does, considering how openly antagonistic Holm is to most of the people <laughs> he meets. But yeah, I don't, I don't think he's reading the room on how serious the B situation is to you. I really hope it's B. I, I miss I miss her. I miss her every day. I also I noticed you carry that bow around with you. Uh-huh. And... You've kind of got, like, you kind of like stuff, right? You, you kind of like cool stuff. It comes in handy sometimes. I got some cool stuff for you. I, I think Holm is just going to be a little bit taken aback. I think his initial <laughs> reaction is just like, all right, but what do you want? Like, because <laughs> again, like he's kind of lived in a very tit for tat world for a while now. So I think he's a little bit like, okay, but why though? Definitely lo- looking this gift horse in the mouth. Does he say that? Yeah. I think he'd be like, okay. And in return, we can save the city together and make each other look good. 
I think Holm just blinks a couple times. All right, let's cut this thing. How, how, how are you recovering, Horatio? Okay, so here's my other narrative wish list th- item here, which is that I'm kind of hoping that he runs into um, Winter, who scolds him once more for being very reckless and kind of an idiot at the scene that just happened. So I have a feeling maybe he's been, he has a place that he likes to go to decompress, to unwind, to recover, but it's a place that Winter knows that he likes to go and he's kind of avoiding the place because he doesn't, he knows that she's probably going to be waiting there for him. But I think eventually he's just like too tired, too run down. He just really needs to go. So he finally goes. It's probably... Is, is it too boring to just have it be it's his apartment? Like he's been like kicking around in coffee shops and like hanging out in the city and like kind of avoiding going home so he doesn't have to talk to Winter. Well, I think that's which which do you want more, rest or fraps? Mm. <laughs> it's a difficult choice. Tough cue. I think I think rest. I think rest is important because uh, he's 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 well into the yellow zone here, and he knows that. Okay. Uh, does Winter have a key? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that at some point she's she opens the door. She comes in with some probably some groceries and some bags of frozen peas. Uh, if you know, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've been looking around for you, Horatio, but I figured I'd bring some stuff over. I think you need some vegetables after uh, what you just put yourself through. Did you hit your head at all? Because it would be really great if you got some better ideas in there. So kind of any like minor brain damage that might, uh, you know, sort things. You went toe-to-toe with Flame Jane. I mean, she sucks, but like seriously, like Winter is just like, just like the stream of kind of yeah. friendly beratement. Mm-hmm. It shows that she cares, Aww. but is upset. Yeah, Homer's just going to kind of like sit up in, in bed or probably just on the couch and just kind of like pull the duvet over his head and just kind of like wrap it around him like a little like a little cloak to try and basically hide the extent of the the, the scuffing that he took earlier mm-hmm. um, and just kind of patiently listen to Winter with just like a slightly shit-eating shit grin on his face. And then uh, I think we'll just be like, so what's for dinner? I think, like, you say that and, like, peas just, like, land on your head. It's <laughs> <laughs> the bag of them. All right, I'll make you something, but you promised me you're going to rest up for a week, okay? I think he gives a scout's honor with one hand and, like, openly cross fingers with the other and promises. She says, well, I knew that was going to happen. How about stir fry? All right, we'll cut there, and you get to recover up to the green. Ooh. Let's go over to Weird Sister, and then we'll cut back to Monomer's tinkering. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still in the green. Yeah. So I have no need to recover. Yeah, so you could uh, you could boost yourself if you want and just have that to take into the next scene or just otherwise, like, what's... How does... I mean, like, I'm pretty curious. How does Weird Sister, like, spend her time and days and where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, her number one hangout now has a volcano in it. So mm. that's a real bummer mm. for Weird Sister's regular habits. I think the aviary itself survived, but it is currently empty. Yeah. It, it lacks some of the charm it had before. And the birds are gone. That's a big minus. Yeah. I think she's going to go brewing. Oh, hell yeah. Unfortunately, brewing means she has to wander around New Arcadia for half a day, going to various pet shops, herbal stores, grocery markets to obtain all of the uh, ingredients she needs to create something potent. I'd like to think that she's got a good trade going with some local pet shop owners where she reads fortune in order to get some venom out of their snakes or uh, mm. get free crickets, you know? Mm. I'm I'm especially enjoying the image of Weird Sisters just rocking up at a Whole Foods because it's the only place in the neighborhood that has, like, the slightly obscure organic version of the ingredient that she needs. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm throwing into the pot here. Let's see. What's what's some classic stuff to go in a witch's pot, as according to our friend William Shakespeare? Celeriac. Poisoned entrails. Toad under cold stone that is rested for 31 nights. Sweltered venom. The fillet of a fenny snake. Fillet, rather. Eye of newt. Toe of frog, obviously. Wool of bat, but I'm skipping the tongue of dog. Someone filed a formal protest with the hero dispatch last time I used tongue of dog. You could probably get some adequate fake tongue of dog over in kayfabe, actually. If... There's, a, there's a mushroom called dog's tongue that I'm using. There you Perfect. go. <laughs> Perfect. And then some adder's fork, blind worm's sting, lizard's leg, and owler's wing to round out the potion. Excellent. All right, so you brew this up. You can, you can, uh, you can roll for this boost here. What, with the boost... Do I determine what effect it's making or do I just sort of leave, let this sort of hang? I think that for a potion, I think we can be enigmatic about it. And then just, you know, if you want that one time, you know, potion dice improvement uh, in the next scene, you can then say I'm drinking my potion. Yeah, I think I'm going to make this potion and then it'll be like, I'll know when the time is right sort of thing. Great. What do I roll for it or do I wait? No, no. So roll roll for it now. Okay. Uh, Just the same as, so that would be like a, a four, a six and a 10. Yes, whatever your green is, and then uh... Uh, that's a one. (laughs) All right, well, you can get a plus one bonus. Uh, All right, let's just put that down here. Yeah, you really aren't supposed to substitute that mushroom in for the tongue of dog. Yeah, that was the thing. That's where it all falls down. That was the problem. That's kind of a rookie mistake. But next time, like, go to some veterinarians. They're organ donor dogs, you know. Organ donor. Yeah, you don't have to kill a (laughs) dog to do this. Not entirely sure they could consent. Yeah, yeah. How does the dog? All you need is one hero who can speak with animals and you can get consent. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Okay, there you go. I can speak with animals. That's part of the problem. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So where do you brew this? Like, what's what's the locale that, that all this happens in? As tradition dictates, I've got to do it in the middle of the woods. Does that mean that I have to go, like, out of town into the suburbs? I have to find somewhere, like, <laughs> undeveloped? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, we've got a state forest nearby, Partisan Park. Yeah, so I, I just go bird mode, fly out there. I've got my cauldron stashed under in a cave in the in the national park very illegal actually yeah honestly i think that probably you've gotten to know a park ranger who works there who due to her own supernatural abilities has to issue technology you got a little common spirit there and again you don't have a cell phone she destroys cell phones it, it's it's a real base of a friendship Aww. we engage in fair trade it's helpful to have someone who can talk to and control animals around on national park <laughs> oh yeah you found a friend for Faraday. Yeah. All right. So you've got your potion. Um, let's go My to... My extremely sludgy potion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. All right. Let's go to, uh, to Mona. How are you sorting things out here? So what Mona probably should do is just rest and recover because she's at 21 health mechanically and her max health is 32. She's got armor. She does have armor. And is impulsive. And it makes her harder to hurt. And what she really, even more than you know, selling products, what she wants to do is find her lost partner B. And she feels rightly or wrongly like the, hey, be at the office, something's gone down in two days, information she just got from home is bringing her closer to that. And she wants to do something for home and she sees a real kind of three birds, one stone opening there. So what she's been doing is using some small amounts of the Miller compound to make trick arrows for home. And these are arrows that hit harder, that take advantage of temperature differences in the airflow to fly faster, that can just be more precise and hit as if they had a sharper point and maybe go through some stuff that 
normal metal arrows like the ones Holm has been using do not go through. Yeah. So I've got a whole quiver of trick arrows. And of course, they all say Regenus Rain down <laughs> the shaft. Yeah, I've got like a, like a magenta string. Yeah. yeah, the arrowheads do some cool things that might make Holm a more effective combat hero. So rather than stay at home and rest and heal, I'm going to finish those up in the machine shop at the office and drop by. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to drop by. I'm going to wait and hand them to home when we meet at my office an hour before the time on the post-it note. Wait. All right. So let's uh, let's roll for that boost. Okay. Now remind me how rolling is that's a it's three dice just like everything else. Yep. Yep. Three dice. Okay. I think this is a build it better, which is a D8. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am still in yellow, so that's a D6 for status. Okay. And um, I think so in this case, there is sort of a, I would say, a, a real tweak that we can do for things like this where you're really out of combat and your powers actually don't make sense on this. If you want to roll a second quality mm-hmm. rather than a power, I would accept that. I think that makes a lot of sense. This is both build it better and science. All right. Can I use principle of the mentor to go with my max die? Because I'm really being a mentor here to someone who is apparently younger. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So that's 2d8 for two qualities and a d6 for the yellow status. And, ooh, that is uh, the max die there is a six. Okay, so that's going to be a plus two. Nice. And so thinking about this, mechanically, this is this is a one-time use. So I think first time you're firing off the arrows, timekeeper, you're going to get a plus two on it. Narratively, you still have cooler arrows, but the mechanical bonus is a, is a single thing. Okay, understood. I explained to you what the arrows are, and there's like, they're all cooler and they all feel more accurate and just like they look right. And they maybe give you a little boost, but there's one that I took extra time on that will really just hit the mark and do what you want it to do. I, I used most of the Miller compound that was available for that. I think uh, Holm is just going to take a look at them and immediately start verbally scheming about how he's going to use them in incredibly frivolous ways, in a way that's probably somewhat infuriating. All right. I'm used to it. So let's cut to the uh, the new office building. Mona, why don't you describe just like a little bit of kind of where where Genestrain is is setting up shop right now. I think it's a building that, you know, there are there are sort of other lab spaces, like it's not an exclusive kind of thing. But what does your area of it look like? So it is on the edge of VR Heights. We had a really nice office at the beginning, mm-hmm. but we could not afford to stay there. And so there's this three-story building that's got aluminum siding and a whole bunch of plastic signs outside that look much more expensive than the building, advertising the set of tech startups that are in here. And Regenus Rain is uh, on the first floor, the, the ground floor, we're in America, on the ground floor at the back. And it's three different rooms that have, one is a, a workshop and one is for meeting clients and one has just a whole bunch of computers and some filing cabinets and some tools. And there's like a, a coat rack that has a couple of nice outfits for meeting clients and uh, one set of spare armor. If, you know, I spill coffee on the regular monomer armor. It, it doesn't look great, honestly. Like I clearly had to retrench. And if you were a VC, you would not be a VC. But if you were, you would probably not invest in this the way it looks. Mm. Okay. All right. So you all arrive uh, at 11 p.m. over in VR Heights in the Regenestrain building. Mona, I think, lets you in. It seems 
cleaned up, right, Mona? You you said you spent the time there and making things nice yes. in case B is is going to arrive. And at eleven fifty five, there is an intense pounding on the door, and you hear a a gruff voice say, "Horatio Holmes, I know you're in there." Ah, uh, Horatio. I'm going to come in. Do you know who that is? Does, does Holm recognize the voice at all? I don't think so. Cool. He's like, beats me. I guess I'm just popular. Can I use my alertness and my power suit to try to find out what I can about whoever's on the outside of the door before they bang it down? Yeah, you could also use the security camera if you wanted to as well. Uh, I want to use my power suit and my alertness and my security camera. <laughs> We're not rolling for this. Just say narratively, how are you doing this? <laughs> Um, okay, then I'm just going to look at the security camera. Great. Who is that? I would like to test my ability to visually comprehend information that I can see on the security <laughs> camera. It could fail. Yeah, uh, yeah. so you see, you see this, this pretty big dude with cargo shorts, and he's got like a vest, like a bulletproof vest, but one arm is bare. And on his back is like this kind of big, like almost like Gatling-ish sort of like repeating gun. And he's holding a sort of technologically sophisticated looking weapon, but that appears to show strong signs of corrosion and it has a couple barnacles on it. Oh no, it's Johnny Three Guns. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's like gearing up to kick down the door and he's shouting, Horatio home, I found you. Uh-huh. I, I, I think uh, home is just going to look back and forth between the camera and uh, the, like the camera feed and the, the other two and just be like, I didn't do it. <laughs> Like, I don't know what's going on, but it's not not my business. Who's this gentleman? I feel like like home would be quipping about this character um, and, and, and his appearance and the general presentation and the approach of just like trying to like bang down a door. I can't come up with a quip for those things right now, but home is is doing it beautifully. Oh, it's 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 amazing. I, so there's there's like big kicks pounding on the door. And then you look at the security camera and he like switches guns and he is about to try to like riddle the door lock with bullets to get in to find you, Horatio. I think Holm is going to warn the others and then is... I feel like he should be doing something risky right now. That's like his one move is to just put himself in danger for no reason. Uh, but at the very le least, he's going to try and warn the others and try and get everybody to take cover in a part of the room that will hopefully have a little bit of reinforcement. I don't know. That feels too passive for Holm. I feel like he might he might try and rush the door and like just open it to throw this person off okay. and just be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No soliciting. Exactly. I, so, so Johnny Three Guns, because that is indeed who this is, yes. uh, I think takes the is like sort of surprised and says, you've got something that doesn't belong to you and I've come to get it back. I think Holm is just going to look at him and then look down at his pocket where he clearly keeps uh, the eyes and then looks back at Johnny and is just like, uh, how about no? He shoves you pretty hard and walks walks into the room. And we sort of see the clock on the wall. It's now 11.59. Okay. I think he points the gun at you. He does not actually, like, notice Weird Sister or, uh, or Monomer in the room. Yeah. And, and is threatening you, Timekeeper, and says, yeah, I know you've, you've got it on you. Some fancy sunglasses or whatever. Give it up. I'm being paid a lot of money to recover this. Yeah, I think Holm is going to try and press on that and be like, okay, who sent you? How much are they paying you? Let's just get the, the details on the table. So, I, th I I mean, I think this is just like, no. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he, he, just, he just grabs you, it shoves you, and and um, I think actually you're going to you're gonna take a little bit of damage as okay. he is, is shoving you around here. 
That actually is uh, is nine damage on his die. So Ooh. this is like maybe he broke your jaw or something. <laughs> it's pretty Jeez. intense. Well, that being the case, I don't think Holmes going to be quipping for the foreseeable future. Weird sister Amonimer, are any of you uh, coming in on this situation? Oh, yeah. I have been on the ceiling because I do stick to walls. I was waiting to see if this would turn into a combat situation or whether we'd get some information first. It's now, now it's combat and uh, I don't like this at all. So I am going to say to Johnny from the ceiling, sir, we don't allow guns in our corporate offices while trying to take out both of his guns. Okay. If I'm trying to destroy both of his guns at once, am I using my dual offense ability? Mechanically, you can't like disarm him. You could probably significantly hinder him or just try to attack to incapacitate. Okay. I would like to embarrass him rather than, you know, breaking his skull. Okay. If I don't have a separate way to disarm him, I am just going to try to freeze everything on him till it cracks. So I am going to attack this gentleman. Okay. Can I use persuasion for this? Because I, 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 I'm surprising him and trying to disarm him emotionally by just like talking to him from the ceiling because I don't want to use alertness for everything. It's mechanically... You could you could hinder him with persuasion. I don't think you could... I wouldn't really do a damage with persuasion. Okay, yeah. I can't hinder him while attacking him, though, can I? I mean, you could hinder him with cold stuff, but, like, if you want to roll this as an attack, like... Yeah, this this guy is, is trying to take out my teammate. That's not okay. I, this is an attack. Okay. So I guess I'm using cold and alertness and a yellow status die. Yeah, alertness works, I think, on this one. You're sort of ready to go. All right. Okay, so uh, that is a D10 and uh, another D10. The mid-die on that is an 8. All right, so he's rolling to save against an 8. Failed that save. So, yeah, I mean, I think, like, we get some cracks along, you know, one of the guns, you know, the armor, and there's, like, also um, just, like, frostbite patches on his bare arm. He goes down to a D8. Just as the clock strikes midnight, Uh-oh. and like the light inside the room changes to like a weird blue. Mm. And first of all, Johnny is freaked out. These are independent things that are happening. <laughs> he was just following up on that major twist from the earlier scene. But at midnight, there is again this eerie sort of blue light, and there's almost like a swirling sort of looking like portal thing on the ground in the middle of the office. And those of you who are kind of time sensitive are feeling that there is a, almost like a conjunction of your time and a time in the far future. Mm. And there is a flash of the, the light sort of glows bright. Maybe we have a panel that's all white. And then a full page standing there is this fairly armored, pretty robotic cat person with large, like, energy claw gauntlet things on the ends of her hands. Next to her is, she's pretty jacked, too. Next to her is a smaller, still robo, still cat person who's kind of, like, holding a tablet. And then there are these almost robotic-y looking like crab things, about six of them, kind of on the ground. There is a beat and then those things scatter and start latching on to the computers and the equipment in this room and seem to be starting to, like, do stuff to it. Mm. They don't really acknowledge you being there, but 
I think that this is your place, Monomer. So you get the first action and response here as we go into the scene tracker. So we are now in an action scene. There is Captain Blep, there is her Lieutenant LT, Johnny Three Guns, and six of these sort of crab things. Okay, I want to know what's happening, who Captain Blep is and what they want, and just to get information. So I am going to use my suit to investigate while asking. While still on the ceiling, because I like to do this from above, I am going to say to the bigger cat person, who I imagine is Captain Blep, although Mm -hmm. Mona doesn't know the cat's name yet. I'm going to say, good evening, I'm Mona. How can I help you? With a lot, like a big stare, like the real meaning is, um, please tell me what you want before we get in a fight. And I'm, I'm using this to just scan them and try to learn as much as I can about their capabilities. Yeah, so you, you hear, like, she looks, she looks up at you and sort of coolly, mm-hmm. you do not startle her. Yeah. And she sort of talks and there's sort of hisses and spits. And then she, like, looks over to the lieutenant who, like, taps on their pad. And then she starts talking again and it comes out in English. And she says, I'm undertaking a important mission for the sake of the chronology. And if you don't interfere, then we won't need to resort to violence. Hmm. Meanwhile, all of her robots are going after your computers and stuff. Okay. We're going to need to know more about that mission. Can I do an overcome to learn how these things work and why they want my stuff or how to defeat them? Trying to think actually sort of socially on this one. Yeah, I would say if you want to spend your turn trying to do an overcome to uh, to learn something about about her, let's let's do that. Yeah, I'm not going to punch before I know anything about her. So that is a, a powered suit and persuasion. How is it powered suit? Because you're do you like scanning and stuff? Yeah, because I suited up because I expected to just be attacked. I'm scanning all of the new arrivals from the future while just like trying to get a read on them. Let's see what happens. The mid die, there's an eight. All right, the action completely succeeds. So I think that kind of what you're sort of getting off of here is they are A, from the future. And B, you see, you sort of look around and are, are seeing the, the way that the robots are working. And the computer screens are sort of on and you see information mm-hmm. about the Miller compound. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's sort of being extracted from the computers and from the equipment and that kind of thing, information about this, but sort of in a way that's almost as if it has never existed in the first place. They're sort of using the knowledge of it now to get back and sort of pull out its existence. So I'm actually adding a challenge that the robot things are doing, which is to basically remove knowledge of Miller Compound. And this is going to be a long thing that they're working on, but um, they're they're going to go for it. Mm. That gives me something else to do while teaching me nothing. Very sinister indeed. Yeah, who's going next? Ooh, let's see what Ursula does. Yes, okay, I'm in the green. I'm just looking at my list of moves I have available to me in the green. I think the most useful thing I can do at this stage is claw hand something. (laughs) This at any stage. And you know, I I don't I didn't like the way Johnny Three Guns was was treating Timekeeper. So I'm going to shapeshift my right arm into a giant wolf's claw and just try to punt him across the room with it. Okay. So this is attack using shapeshifting, use my max die. So shapeshifting, D10, close combat, D8, and then D6 for my status. Roll it up. Uh, that's an eight. 
Okay, so he's got a D8 and is going to have to save against this. He only got a five. So yeah, you're just like raking, punting, and like he's he's like terrified. Like this this has gone places he was not expecting <laughs> and is looking really beat up. Uh, anything else you want to add to this? Yeah, I, I my quip is double, double toil and trouble. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Yeah. The, the lieutenant laughs at that, actually. <laughs> and the captain says, oh, excellent. Suppose we can spar here for a little bit if you uh, don't mind. I've got a bit of time. She's sort of saying it like kind of friendly, like she actually wants to spar with you, <laughs> sister. Let's, let's, let's have the, the captain go. All right. So I think that since you all have not like gotten in the way of kind of her plans... She's not actually going to attack you, Weird Sister, for damage. Mm-hmm. I think, though, that looking over her abilities, I think she's, she sees your claws and, like, on her gauntlets, like, does like a... Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm gesturing for the camera and realizing that our listeners can't see it. Like, like kind of a flex thing that makes sort of these energy claws get, get bigger. And so she is using her imposing skill. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be energy claws imposing. And she's a D10 on her status. Oh, yes. This is three D10s. Villains are great. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So her mid die is a seven. She is boosting all of her minions by plus two. Ooh. Oh gosh. Like she's she's showing off this impressive display. And the robot crab thing's like, ooh. <laughs> and so actually, you know, she's gonna have her robot crab things go next. So I'm gonna roll some D6s. They're gonna do individual overcome actions to try to um extract knowledge of the Miller compound. So that is two successes there and two more successes. So the robots, they're a little over the third of the way towards removing the Miller compound knowledge from this time stream. And I think that we're, you know, we're not going to necessarily get into this super mechanically yet, Monomer, but we are getting closer to a little bit of back to the future kind of parts of your suit may fade out of existence as Uh-oh. these things continue to be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, dang. Let's now go over to Timekeeper. Okay. Timekeeper is somewhat still reeling from uh, being rather seriously sucker punched by uh, our friend Johnny Three Guns. And I think he's going to be more or less focused on Johnny Three Guns until Johnny Three Guns is no longer an issue. I think also Home is going to try to keep the eyes of the Nornir uh, hidden mm. until Johnny Three Guns has been dealt with, such that Johnny Three Guns doesn't actually know whether or not he has it and whether or not he has it on him. So instead, I think he's going to attempt, he's already in the yellow zone, so he has his yellow zone moves available to him. He is going to attempt to attack Johnny Three Guns using banter as part of his ricochet move. I'm going to use my max die, and if I roll doubles, I can use max plus min instead. So this could be a big a big swing, but we'll have to see. Okay. I don't know mechanically if his jaw is broken. Is that going to affect his ability to use banter? No. Cool. There's some some kind of pantomime going on here, I think. It'll just sound different. I mean, so there's no mechanical sort of damage thing in this game, but it is I uh, needed a something that was representative of taking like like a third of your health. Yeah, yeah, no, that that feels about appropriate. Okay, so we're using signature weaponry, banter, and we're in the yellow zone at least. Holm is in the yellow zone, so I'm going to roll with the D8 and see how it goes. 
Ooh, okay. All right, nice. So my max die is going to be an eight. I did roll doubles, so I use max plus min, um, which is going to take it up to a 12. All right. Now, Johnny Three Guns is at a six. Mm-hmm. So when you double the die size, that is actually an immediate takeout. So Whoa. why don't you describe what is this like, Timekeeper, as you are riddling him with arrows and insults? Like, what, what, what are we kind of seeing here? I'm thinking that Holm manages this. It seems to be Holm's specialty to like rapid fire arrows in a way that then makes people move in the way that he wants to. That's how he got mm. Flame Jane to roll off the edge. Yeah. So I feel like he's kind of like rapid firing arrows to get Johnny Three Guns to kind of back away and start backing towards the door. Um, and then I think he's going to fire a shot, which actually takes Johnny through the door and kind of like out the other side. Or no, is there a window in here? I feel like this is a push the villain out the window kind of moment. There's a window, but we're on the first floor. Oh, okay. Well, it's not going to really be helpful. It's a very safe fall. It also looks (laughs) weird outside. Yeah, maybe we don't want the outside on the inside. Okay, so yeah, we're going to push him just through the door. And then with a final shot, I think Holm is going to close the door behind Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) As Johnny like falls down backwards onto the carpet in the hallway. Yeah, I think that is, you know, it was just like the combination of you just berating and 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 firing at him and just like the terror as he's looking at 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 Blap and the aliens and and all Mm -hmm. of that that it's just like for you, I mean, I almost honestly think that like he might even like bolt for the door and hit himself in the head with it as he opens yes, it. Kind of like that this kind is, of vibe. Like this is so much more than I signed up for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, but Johnny Three Guns is is now officially out of this scene. Woo. Get out of here! So I think that's a a new record at time to Johnny Three Guns defeat uh, in this program. And 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 with that. Holm is going to go ahead and uh, pull out the eyes and click them onto uh, his sunglasses and get ready to continue to use those in the rest of the scene. Excellent. All right. Who is going next? Oh, that is an excellent question. I think it is... We have the scene and then we have the lieutenant. The lieutenant. The lieutenant is next. Lieutenant's name is LT for lieutenant? I love it. The the lieutenant does not have an established name yet and is just being referred to as LT. (laughs) Perfectly good established name. Yeah. Okay, so they take out their pad and they start sort of tapping on it and sort of going over and observing the robots. Again, y'all have not really stopped these people. So they're kind of like, okay, they're letting us do our thing. Like, that's fine. So they're kind of going around and as they kind of leave each of the three robots that they're they're going towards, you know, you see it like working harder and a little bit faster. Uh-oh. And uh, they have boosted three of these robots by plus two. And after LT, the next thing to go is the scene tracker. So we're going to uh, an X. And right now in the environment, things are kind of calm but eerie. And so I think that we are just going to kind of leave it, leave it chill in the environment for this current turn. And then from there, I will say, let's go to, let's go to Weird Sister. Okay. I'm going to consult briefly with Monomer, like, is this good? Like, about the crabs on the computers? I don't know if this is something that's supposed to happen with computers or not. No. This seems pretty fine. No one seems alarmed yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a really, really important <laughs> question, actually. They're destroying my life's work. <laughs> oh, so bad. Yeah, they're destroying B's life's work. My life, whatever, but you, you can't... B did this. We need to save it. Take out those crabs. Crab feast. I'm going to try to claw hand one of the crabs off one of the computers. Okay. Just scrape it off, you know? Sure thing. All right, roll to attack. All right. Same roll. 
I use my max die for this, which is a seven. All right. So there is no way they can save on that one. And so one of these crab things just like tossed against the wall and shattered, I think is is sort of where we're going on this. Pretty much. Cool. Who's going next? And so now, now you have gotten the attention of Captain Blap. And so what maybe once could have been a friendly tussle with the claws is you see murder in her eyes. I, I, I say, Teehee, I'm going to pass to the environment because I want to get us in the yellow. Oh, okay. Mm. That is a good pro move. And so we do check <laughs> off the environment. And uh, I am going to do a twist on this one. So, you know, again, the, the sort of the blue glow and like this time portal and this conjunction of, of time, it's, it's, it's not like super stable, to be honest. And things are going to start getting a little bit weird. Because of that. And you all start to see like, it's almost like a little double vision and you feel almost some acceleration. And I'm going to do a quick roll here. Okay, so anyone taking physical actions is going to get a plus two boost to them. Oh. Because you are now in like slightly hyper speed. Oh. Because of what's going on with, with, with the time. And this includes you. It includes our alien friends. This is an equal opportunity speedsterism. Okay. We're going to pass to Captain Blub. She's coming at you, weird sister. Just try it. She's now just like coming at you like laser focused on you. And she's got her claws and is just coming at you powerfully in, in, in a way that is just like disregarding anyone else in the scene. You are her target. And with that, she is going to use her max die Let's see. She's down to five five minions, so she still has a D10. And D10 energy claws. D10 close combat. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, wow. Her max die is actually a four. Okay. So uh, I think you may be able to, 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 to duck or... Do I just roll my status die as defense here? I think you just take this. Oh, I just take it. Right, right, right. Okay, so that's just a uh, four. Yeah, unless you have a reaction on this one. No, so... I'm actually still in the green range. <laughs> oh, actually, sorry, it's max plus min. That's six. Oh, six. Never mind. Now I'm now I'm uh, I'm at twenty two, which is the first level of the yellow range. Okay, and also the rest of you sort of see the way that she's moving around with her claws and the way that she's doing this attacks. It's going to be hard for anyone else to kind of get in there and attack. She's got an automatic defense now of four until the start of her next turn because of the way she is fighting with Weird Sister. From there, let's kick it over to Monomer. Okay. So I see the fight going on here between Captain Blep and Weird Sister. And I also see these five robot crab things that are erasing my beloved's life's work. Emotionally, I'm going to regard the crab things as the scariest and the most threatening. Can I attack them as a group? Can I try to use a power to take them all out? If you have an ability that lets you target multiple things. Uh, I have an ability that lets me target two things if I want to make them overheat. Then you can take out two things. Okay, I am going to ask, just just like shout, like, why are you doing this? Tell us why you're doing this to the captain while trying to take out two crabs. I'm going to use my dual offense ability, which allows me to try to heat up two things at once using a min die. That is my heat ability and my alertness and my d6. Okay. So let's... See what happens. Oh no. My mid die is a three and my min die is also a three. And my max die doesn't matter. Okay, but it's against these crabs? Yeah. All right. Well, they gotta roll roll to save. Okay. 
So they both save, but that means that two of them are now D4s. Okay. All right. So you have done some damage and they are less successful going forward. Okay. All right, Monomar, who's up next? Wait, does that does that include the boost that I get from moving faster? No, I mean, does that are you do you want to apply that in this situation? Uh does that work? Are you are you doing a speed related thing? Yeah, I'm I want to target them precisely with the heat point. I want to make the point that I heat up right in the middle of their circuitry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are your die numbers then? Uh, it was a three and a three. So yeah. So one succeeds and one of them is destroyed. So there are now four robot crab things, one of which is D4. Okay. All right. Who's going next? I have just asked Captain Blep a direct question. Let's give the captain a chance to answer. She already went. She's fighting. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Did the lieutenant ever hear me? Maybe the lieutenant wants to answer or at least, you know, tell us their name or give us a clue about like why they're doing what they're doing or just, <laughs> you know, fight back. Yeah. It's the lieutenant. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's go, let's go to the lieutenant. They take out a small pulse rifle and I think they, they, they say to you, uh, you know, a monomer like, Hey, don't, don't touch those things. We're, we're doing a job here. This planet cannot be allowed to have this technology and they fire off a shot. So it's a D10. Ooh. It's five damage. Okay. Ooh, wait, uh, wait a minute. I take three damage because I reduce energy damage by two when I'm in yellow. All right. And they toss things to the crab things. So let's see. So the three of these that have their plus two boost uh, from LT uh, going around with, a, uh, with their little tablet. And so that's a four and a five. So they get two more on the removed knowledge of Miller compound. We are up to six out of 15. The D4 crab... Oh, it's not looking good. It's like it's like trying to have one of its little legs like move the mouse and it just keeps slipping off. Aww. Like that one's just, yeah, that's sad. No sympathy. Timekeeper, you're last to go this round. Okay. The question is, should Holm be focusing on trying to take down Captain Blep because if she is somehow incapacitated or no longer able to lead, the, the crab things might disperse. Or should uh, Holm be focusing on the, on the robot crab things? That's the question to the peanut gallery here. I think Holm should be focusing on the captain. Okay. That being the case, and Fiona, this is another uh, mechanics moment. Sure thing. Holm has an ability from the green zone called Precise Shots, wherein he attacks using his signature weaponry, and while doing so, ignores all penalties on the attack, any defend actions, and uh, this thing can't be affected by reactions either. Ooh. But that in any way bypass Captain Blep's armor or her defense. That absolutely bypasses the whole, like, she's fighting so hard with claws around that you can't get the shot in. Yeah, this negates that ability. All right, so uh, so Holm is going to kind of click his eyes into place and is going to use uh, that lens to try and get through that defense and line up a perfect shot. But we'll see if that's successful. Okay. Uh, so we are working with signature weaponry. We are also probably working with otherworldly mythos if we're using the eye. And he's in the yellow, so that's a D8. Let's see how this goes. Okay, so the mid-die is a five. All right, so five gets through. Sweet. Just so you're calibrated on here. She's got 40 health. Okay. Oh, wow. So, one-eighth. Woo, every little helps. Oh, actually, are you using your cool arrows on this one, actually? Yeah, of course I'm using my cool arrows. This is like the person. Of course I gotta use my cool arrows. Okay, it's now 33 health. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it gets, it gets through and, you know, it's like sort of through a crack and sort of the, some of the partially cyborg parts. And I think that she's, she looks, she just stares at you, Timekeeper, and is kind of like a, 
your next thing. Yeah. I think Holmes is going to wiggle his eyebrows. (laughs) Uh, As far as who's next, who who do we have left in this round? That was the end of the round. So you get a open choice here. Okay, so open choice. I am going to say that let's let's get the the scene tracker going first. Okay. So let's do this. Let's continue to sort of bring back some fan favorites from uh, past episodes. Oh no. Uh oh. So with the amount of things that are sort of happening with these computers and like firewalls being deconstructed and like the lights have been like kind of shaking in and out as as almost this time storm intensifies. There is like a bright spark near one of the one of the sort of fabrication devices and it sort of blinks and lights up and there's like a like a scrolling LED like alphanumeric display thing on it and you just see like looking over Monomer, I think this catches your eye and it says Grid Ghost is online. <laughs> That is our twist. <laughs> I think I want to go to Weird Sister. You're fighting with a RoboCat. I'm fighting with a RoboCat. That's true. I'm going to use this ability then. Well, I feel like this could backfire horribly. Ooh, that's the best kind of ability. Yeah. Yeah. Home would definitely advocate for that kind of a plan. I'm going to use my power, my ability, Ominous Wind. An ill wind blows. <laughs> a portent of some dread future. I attack using weather. So I'm going to attack with weather, which is D6, uh, magical lore, which is D10, and then my D8 status die. So 6, 8, 10. And I attack with my max and my min die. So I attack for 11, and I give myself a plus 4 boost. Oh, wow. But it is an ill wind that blows good for everyone this time, because my opponent also gets a plus 4 boost. Ooh. So 11 damage, I get a plus 4, my opponent gets a plus 4. You can think of it as maybe a view into the future that we both share together. So we have the same knowledge to work on. Oh. Okay, so like have, have windows shattered or is this just like an internal, like the, or does like the HVAC system go on full blast? It's, this is, no, this is a supernatural wind with no clear source. Ooh. It's, it's, a, it's a, a wind from a future yet to pass. I'm imagining it knocks Captain Bullet back a few steps, maybe. So you said 11 total? 11. All right, so her defense of, of four does, does sort of... Uh, apply here. So she's down to 29. I think that sort of she looks at you in like sort of noticing a little bit more about you and maybe your somewhere between aura and vibe and kind of like game recognized game, another time traveler. Mm -hmm. But she sort of spits at you and says, I have seen more futures than you could possibly imagine. All right. Then I get to say back, Leon McDuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so you both have a you both have a four boost. Yes. Okay. That's why I said this may backfire horribly. I don't know. It depends. How much damage can you take from a cat person? All right, who's going next? Monomer, let's keep up the pressure. Okay. I am scared that if the crab things keep working, I will lose all of my powers and B's life work will come to naught. So rather than attacking the captain directly right now, I'm going to try to clean up the crab things and let my teammates handle the the captain. Okay. So I'm going to announce, I'm still on the ceiling, by the way, company picnicked next Friday, crab boil, and I'm going to use my two target attack to, uh, again, pinpoint the central circuits of these crabs and overheat them. Okay. So we've got three of them are a D6 and one of them is a D4. Mm -hmm. Who are you aiming for? I want to take out the D4 one as well as one of the D6 ones. Okay. So alertness, heat, and a yellow status die. 
crab boil. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> my min die is a two, and my mid die is also a two. Oof. All right. Well, you know, any damage against a minion is probably going to bump it down a die. Uh, the exception is because the of the D4 one is at what they call last stand, mm-hmm. it does get to sort of keep rolling to try to save itself. So it's going to try to save against that too. Okay. But only got a one. <laughs> so that one's gone. And the other one, oops. But the other one did save. So the D4 is gone and the D6 is down to a D4. It's something. All right. Who's going next, Monomer? I think Timekeeper goes next. Okay. You're saving all my friends to the end. Maybe you'll have fewer friends after Timekeeper goes. Could be. So if Monomer's made clear that she's hoping that Timekeeper will uh, focus on Captain Blep, then Timekeeper's going to keep on focusing on Captain Blep. And I think is uh, once again going to attempt a precise shot that will ignore penalties, ignore defend actions, and ignore reactions. Okay. So I think we're doing pretty much the same thing as last round, which gets us a D10, D10, D8 situation. All right, well, not my best work. <laughs> the mid-die is going to be a two, just a two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's down to 27. I think she almost, like, shrugs that off. Like, the other arrow comes in. It's like, you don't even get a reaction that time. Who's going next? I feel like uh, Captain Blip goes next because she probably has an, an answer to that not particularly impressive <laughs> attack. Captain Blip. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, consi- I'm considering my options here. So she is still going toe-to-toe with Weird Sister, and... So what uh, what zone are you in, Weird Sister? What zone am I in? Yeah, like what's your health? Oh, sorry. That's the zone you mean. Yellow, 22. Okay. All right. I think that you sort of see her suit start to kind of power up and sort of lightning is crackling over it. Uh-oh. And she puts those claws down on you and just sends like a jolt into your body. Ooh. Yikes. So power suit is D10. And this is still close combat, which is D10. However, because you've been attacking her minions, her status die is now lower. She's at a D8. Oh, gosh. But this is still max plus min, which is eight damage. Okay. Are you still in the yellow? Still in the yellow. 14. All right. And she's going to kick it to LT, who is going to go to the crab things and try to boost them in sort of like a, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get this done. Okay. That's boosting them with a two. And the crab things are now going to go. They're the last things. So we've got two D6s and a D4 trying to wipe knowledge of the compound out of this time stream. And they all get a plus two and they all succeed. So that is three more. We are now at nine out of 15 of these. And that's the end of the turn. So I'm going to now go to Monomar. Yeah. Do the crab things still have that boost? Are they defended in any way or did they use that up? They use their boost to uh, to extract more things. Mm. Okay. As a player, I'm going to say that this game presents the hit point pinata problem. Going back into character, I'm going to say just I don't have the temperament to keep trying to make jokes, which I'm not very good at. I'm going to jump down from the ceiling so that I can get a better bead on the remaining crab things Mm -hmm. and just say that doesn't belong to you. You can't take that from us. And use dual offense again. I'm just going to keep trying to boil the crabs until they all boil away. All right. So there's two D6 and a D4. I roll two D10 and a D6. That is an 
eight on the mid die and a four on the min die. Well, let's see. So the eight completely takes out one of the d6s. Great. So for the four, do you want to do that against the d4 or one of the d6s? Uh, against the d4, I would like there to be no crabs as fast as possible. This is no place for crabs. <laughs> okay. Well, it rolled a one. So we are now down to one robot crab thing. And it's at a D6, and uh, the lieutenant is looking, like, very nervous. And it's kind of like, Captain, um, things aren't going well. <laughs> Captain's too busy fighting. She likes fighting. Uh, who's going next, Monomer? Mm, weird sister. Okay. Now, you still have that plus four on importance. Yes. Which actually I think Captain Blup forgot to use. I was kind of hoping to hit the red zone so I could do something really, really <laughs> cursed with it. You should have told me. I wouldn't have picked you. Yeah, I mean, other than doing ominous wind again, I think the best thing I can do here is claw hands. Okay. Yeah, I'll claw hands. So attack using shapeshifting, use your max die, d10, d8, d8. My max die is a nine, and I'm going to give it plus four. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's 13. On Captain Balep. Wow. Cackling all, all the while. This knocks her down to a nine. She's got nine health left? Yeah. Wow. Making progress. Go Ursula. Yes. MVP. I, I, I think that, you know, going claw to claw with her, yeah, she's, I think she's, you get a little vibe of respect <laughs> that you see through the sweat, machine oil, and blood that's sort of dripping down her forehead. And who's going next? I'm going to pass to Timekeeper. Let's see if we can make it happen. Okay. It looks like Captain Blep's uh, special extra defense has dropped. Is that accurate? That's accurate, yeah. Okay, in which case, I think we're going all in with another ricochet. Uh, Holm is trying to pull off some kind of a trick shot that will uh, get kind of get her maybe from behind and just really, really drive home that uh, she should leave. Post-haste. <laughs> Fancer, weaponry, and a D8 for status. Please doubles. <laughs> Not only did I roll doubles, I rolled triples. Oh, dang! <laughs> Ooh. So that is uh, three sixes. So the mid die is obviously a six, but max and min together would be a 12 uh, on that ricochet. Oh! Okay. So I think as established, you have been firing at people to get them to move into bad places. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of think what we have here is that like as the arrows start, and she sort of notices now she's got to pay attention to you as well. And the like, she was like kind of into like respect sparring with weird sister, <laughs> hatred at you, Horatio. <laughs> and I think as she's crawling back, you hear LT say like, I, I don't understand this place was supposed to be empty in previous simulations of this time stream. This was going to be empty. I don't know what. And Blep is just like, can it? We've got to take this out some other day. She goes back into sort of that portal area, the time stream, mm -hmm. and like it disappears and blep disappears. And LT is like leaping towards it and misses. Oh. <laughs> and like looks over at you all and sort of drops the tablet. And I think that's when from one of the other rooms, old Horatio comes walking in doing like a slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then from behind him b comes running and like leaps into your arms monomer oh and i think we end it there we can't quite end it there we need to establish if the remaining robot crab thing has stopped working or if we need to just like squash it because there's that crab thing. I, how would you like to squash this narratively? <laughs> Poss possibly B steps on it as she walks over. I don't know. Like you can, you can pick. 
It's not a roll. Just tell me how you want it. I think that I think the crab just stops working once Captain Bleth has left with the power source, and I can focus on B leaping into my arms, and I'm I'm crying, and you've got can see the tears through the faceplate. Ian, Cece, thank you so much for playing Sentinel Comics with us. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, it was a blast. This was so much fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. We are going to get to talk about it when we do our Back Matter episode. So everyone, stay tuned for next week. We're going to dig into this game. And uh, let me tell you, I think, uh, you know, origin story is going to take, it's going to be most of the episode in and of itself. (laughs) But uh, it's tons of fun. So thank you so much for joining us. Steph. Number six, all-star show. Pretty good, huh? I'm done with it. Thank you all for playing and for joining us on this adventure and for taking the time. Thanks for listening, pals. Come back next week. Ian and Cece are going to be here when we get into the back matter of Sentinel Comics, the role-playing game. We're going to talk about these mechanisms, the unique and fascinating character creation process that our players went through. And also talk about some stories that have evoked this feeling of fighting superheroic battles in a dangerous and unpredictable environment. This run, we've been playing Sentinel Comics from Greater Than Games and Critical Hit Studios. You can find more information on their website, greaterthangames.com. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2022. You can visit our website at teamupmoves.com, subscribe to our monthly email mailing list, see our past episodes and games that we've done, and also get some of those sweet, sweet subscribe links that will keep Team Up Moves coming to your podcasting app every week that we put out the show. We're on Twitter as at Team Up Moves and on Mastodon as at Team Up Moves at dice.camp. Fiona and Stephanie are both of those places as well. Check the show notes for Fiona Wim and Accommodatingly and how to spell all of that. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. As always, thanks for listening. If you get a chance, tell a friend about how much you enjoy the show. Link to us on your discords. Publish notes on Mastodon. And leave those five-star reviews that help us out so much or whatever. Honestly, we're just glad that you are hearing us and coming back and we have that connection. Sorry if that sounds parasocial. I should probably stop now. <laughs>